And welcome to the Modes of Mouth podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. Did you know that Motor Mouth is on Patreon? Yes, you can support your favourite podcast if you want. And in return, we've got some great goodies and bonus content to give you. Just search Motormouth Official on Patreon, where there are three levels of membership. Become a Motormouth Companion for just £5 per month with our eternal thanks, early access to all podcast episodes, ad-free. If you fancy going for £7.50 per month and becoming a Motormouth Associate, that means you can ask your own questions to our guests as well as enjoy ad-free early access to every single podcast. And if you're an absolute Motormouth legend and want to do £10 per month, you will get an official Motormouth baseball cap, a personal thank you on the actual show from us, and everything else, including ad-free early access and the opportunity to ask a question. Just search Motormouth Official on Patreon or follow the links in the detail of this podcast. Your support means everything to us and keeps us going, so thank you. Before we kick off with today's guest, we must tell you about our Season 5 sponsors and the great team over at Motus One. Sponsors are vital for our survival and ensure we can continue to bring you interviews with the biggest names in racing. So if you or your company require event transportation, Dana and his team at Motus One has you covered anywhere in the world. From a single chauffeur-driven sedan to a fleet of luxury SUVs, Teslas or motor coaches, find your transportation solution with Motus One. With offices worldwide, including the Middle East, Europe and Africa, they can support your transportation needs regardless of your location. Motus One is committed to world-class service at the best possible rates to ensure your event goes without a hitch. Contact them at motusone.com. We'll put all their social links in the podcast description. And a massive thanks to Dana, their CEO and founder, for having faith in our show and joining us for season five. Now, on with today's episode. This week on the Motormouth podcast, we are joined by one of the most exciting up-and-comers in motorsport, currently making a name for herself in the Irish karting scene. She is determined to rise up through the ranks and make a name for herself off and on track in the UK, Europe and beyond. Alex Kobe joins us to chat all about her very short career so far and her big ambitions for the future. Thank you so much to you guys who continue to download and listen. If you like it, please do leave us a review. It really helps us to get bigger and enjoy. Hello everyone, Tim Sylvie here. Now before we introduce today's guest, I need to delve through the airwaves to bring in my Essex-based colleague as always. Harry Benjamin, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's good to be back in the swing of things in our first podcasts for 2021, finishing off season five. Very exciting, back at it, still on Zoom, which is a bit depressing, but yeah. um, powering through. Yeah, it is a bit depressing, isn't it? I'm, I'm actually all zoomed out now. I don't know how much more of this I can take. We were talking to um, one of our recent podcast guests saying that their ears were starting to get sore, and I totally sympathise. I'm going to have to bin these big cans soon because they are actually hurting my ears. You've got some nice little bits of foam in there, though. Surely they should be quite comfortable. Yeah, but after wearing them for 12 hours every single yeah, day, true. they start to sort of dig into my skull. Um, but anyway, shall I introduce today's guest? Yeah, I think so. So today we are joined by someone who I'm sure over the coming months will become more and more familiar to race fans the world over. She's one of the most exciting racing talents to come out of Ireland, hailing from County Kildare. She's already up there with Europe's best carters. With motorsport in the blood, she started karting age six and racing at eight years old. Now at 16, she's already notched up 14 wins and 38 podiums in her career and has firmly established herself internationally as one to watch. Described by Women's Sport Report as Irish motorsports karting wonder, Alex Kobe, welcome to the Motormouth Podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. 
very, very excited. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. We're just looking at your CV. It's, it's pretty impressive already, and the, and the rate of progress is is really clear to see as well. But before we we get into all things racing, Alex, you know how. It, we, we can't not ask this question at the beginning of every show because everybody's in such a, a different place in the world right now. But how has this last year and been for you? Obviously, with you know racing stopped, you know schools closed, all you know, this whole palaver that we're all in, and going into the new year, how have you sort of been dealing with it all? Obviously, it has been a really tough year. We had loads of plans for this year. It's going to be a big year, um, considering my age, um, but. You know, at the end of it, we made, you know, a negative into a positive. It was very exciting. Loads of opportunities came about. I got a new upgrade on my sim when lockdown came about, so that was really exciting. We, uh, I moved house, so mm. it kept my mind off things. Nice. Yeah, so... Um, is, the, is the sim yeah. racing been a, a big thing for you? Have you got involved with some of these online activities? Do you know what, Sally? I actually haven't participated in any racing but I have done a lot of F3 testing. Okay. So it's kind of been, you know, the uh, subject of this year. So dipping the toe into the, the single-seater world, even yeah. though we're, we're stuck in lockdown. Now, now obviously, you, you have a, um, a big family history in racing and motorsport. How did it all fall into place for you when you started out? What, when did you think, yes, this is, this is something I want to continue and, and see if I can make a career out of motorsport? Um, yeah, so it was a, this sport was, a motorsport was a big part of my family. My uncle and my dad were very successful when it came to karting, very talented drivers. Um, but yeah, ever since before I could walk, I was at a racetrack and, you know, it was something everyone seen me doing in the end, you know, it was, it was bound to happen. Um, so yeah, and then when it comes to lockdown, uh, first three months longest I've ever been away from a racetrack which yeah. is yeah it must be tough. hard yeah. yeah yeah when you're used yeah. to racing all the time and then suddenly you can't uh, what, what's it like over there in terms of lockdown I mean we, we, we're completely uh, as we record today and I, and I expect by the time this goes out over here we're completely stuffed and we can't do anything um, tier five is it is it the same over in Ireland what's the what's the process yeah, I'm pretty sure we were put in level five. Um, so schools have actually, they announced, they were supposed to announce it today, but they announced yesterday that from further notice that schools are going to be closed for another month or so. Um, and my uh, my dad, he owns a car dealership. And I think today they announced that all kind of car dealerships and stuff are going to have to close. So yeah, big, big differences. Tough. Yeah. I suppose it's nice to have that distraction, I suppose, well, early on when you were moving house and having the sim as well at home. That yeah. must be a very, very handy. Um, but starting out for you in, in Ireland, what, what, what is the karting scene like over there? You know, what, what is the, the general level buzz around motorsport? Um, do you know what? It's, I think when I moved up to seniors, um, it's definitely, a, for myself, I've kind of grown more interest into it. It's very competitive in the senior scene. But nothing compared to Europe. Um, I love going to Europe and racing because it's just, it's a whole different kind of situation. Um, you wouldn't really think, but there is big differences. Um, it's sadly not as big as, you know, you'd you'd want. The grids aren't, they're um, not as big as they should be. But I think over the last, not last year, obviously, but the year before that, um, you know, there has been more drivers coming along um, not enough females, mind you, but yeah, 
it's um, getting more competitive. Well, that's what actually wanted to go on to. You know, what what is the female racing scene like? Because obviously you you are there, but are you the only one? No, thankfully not. Thankfully, I have yeah. have good company. Um, the first first while there was two of us. Um, she's still racing, good friend of mine. Um, and recently there has been you know a good few female drivers who have joined the sport. It's great to see. Um, you know. The um, there's oh, I don't know how you'd say it, but it's leveling out basically. Oh, that's good oh, to hear. Yeah. Do, do you do you feel like I mean for us? So we we talk to a lot of people who are um, maybe ten years down the road from you, who have been through the karting scene, gone through the single seaters, and are now um, in a in a uh, you know whether it be F three, F two, or, or or above. And there's still very much a feeling that there's not enough female participation in motorsport despite W Series doing great things and hopefully putting more bums on seats over time. What's it like in the in the more junior categories now? What what are you seeing as you travel around Europe? Um is it is it is there more female participation at the lower level now that that might be as a potentially a, a, a reflection on the good work that the W Series are doing? Um yeah, I think of um over the past 2 years I've actually seen a good chunk of female drivers there has been the um FIA uh, girls on track and seen loads of girls all over the world joining that and drivers I've never seen before so you know they're they are there over here I think maybe four or five female drivers in our junior category which is amazing that's only junior x30 not um that's not including um the cadet class in the next year or two and what was the the moment for you where you realised right this this is it for me I I want to be a racing driver this is what I want to do despite you know there not being that much of a, a representation of females on grids and of course you have the, the the motorsport background in your family but what was the moment that clicked in your head where you were like yes okay I want to be a racing driver I think do you know what it actually took me a few years you know I've always loved you know, being in the cars, you know, it's a different, different kind of, um, how you say situation, not really, it's different to other sports, basically, you know, mm. it's not football, it's not anything compared to that. Yeah. But I've always loved it. I think though, in the middle of my junior years, when it started to get really competitive is where my hunger grew massively. Um, and I said, this is kind of what I want to do with the rest of my career. This is what I want to pursue and, and what does a young racer such as yourself aspire to? Because the world is changing rapidly. We're all moving towards electric vehicles. And whether we like it or not, at some point in the next few years, we're all going to end up driving them. Is From a, a young Carter's perspective, is Formula One still the dream? Do people still aspire to that? When you're talking to your friends and peers, do they say, I want to be in F1? Or do they want to say, I want to be in... Formula E or Extreme E or, or something else or, or even sim racing? Um, I think Formula One still is the big picture for everyone, really. Um, I know for myself, I overall, you know, Formula One would be one of my favourites over Formula E, mainly because of sound. Really? I know bizarrely, it's the sound. It, it, you know, you don't go to a Formula E race and you don't get the same goosebumps you get when the Formula E drive by. 
That's funny. That's that's nice to hear um, someone say because <laughs> a lot of the young drivers that I talk to now, are, it's all about Formula E, and they, you know, that's that's the road they see themselves going down, or at least down some sort of electrified racing. So perhaps it's the influence of, of your dad and your well, uncle that. Uh... Yeah, more than likely, sitting there, <laughs> yeah. sitting, like... drinking a cup of tea, and listening to like that Formula E is just not the same. <laughs> it, it's a tough one, though, isn't it? Because you know we know that racing is is such a, a brutal business for for drivers especially and everything is down to money and I suppose we talk to a lot of people now and Formula E is obviously quite a top sport and drivers more and more drivers are gravitating to it and I think part of that reason is actually because they're being they're being paid they don't have to bring tons and tons and millions yeah. and millions of uh, pounds of or dollars what euros what they use um to to these teams uh, unlike in Formula One so you know I suppose that's probably the draw there but how are you finding, you know, the search for funding? How are you progressing up uh, through the ranks? What's, what's your plans for, for that uh, side of things? Mm, do you know what? I, um, my, my eyes were really opened when it came to funding at the start of last year in 2020. Um, I actually got asked to be part of CJJ Motorsport, which was, I think, you know, a big dream for a young driver yeah. to be offered a spot on the scene, not not even just as a driver, the only kart racer and the youngest driver to be funded fully by, um, um, I think, John Campion, the owner, um, an amazing Irishman who made a career in the USA. And then Matt Griffin, for our driver, who, you know, put it all together, um, which was, you know, you know, sadly, John has passed, which has closed the, the team but that was, you know, my my plans. That was where my funding was coming from, um, which is why it was such a big deal because that's impossible to come across. Mm. The excitement was unreal. Um, and apart from that, I was relying on my dad, really, for funding. Yeah, and I, I suppose it's now a bit of a... I guess for you it's a reset, isn't it? And to, and to start um, treading the boards again to find that that funding the backing sponsorship and so on is are you already even at this early stage of your career i mean how aware are you of the sponsorship side of things and and the importance of it and and how do you, do you know how you're gonna make those inroads and, and try and find those those partners to support you through your journey at the moment um i have partnered up with navigate partner um in london who are working on you know working on my career plans, um, which will help me with my sponsorship. But I think social media is yeah. a big factor for this, which is, you know, you want to be more of a personality rather than, you know, the person behind the visor. Yeah. You know, that's what people want to see and that's what's very appealing, um, which will, you know, that's what sponsors are looking for. So I think social media is going to be a big help. I'm going to have to work on my social media for the sponsors to come true, really. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a difficult one, and it and I suppose at the end of the day, you've got to perform on track, haven't you? I mean, you know, that's that's what it's all going to come down to is that if, if you're performing well on track, the the backers will come. But I guess you know the likes of Jamie Chadwick, who have done so well of recent years and graduates of the W Series, she's done incredibly well to receive funding. And the likes of the W Series with their their prize money is such a leg up for, for young drivers. Is is that a, a stepping stone for you to, to find your way to, to W Series at some point? 100%. I think that is, at the moment, the future plans. It's, um, 
you know, people ask me what are my future plans, like what are my goals? And I say W Series really because I listened to a podcast with Jamie Chadwick a few months ago and it was her, you know, letting or she was saying how, you know, winning W Series has opened doors for her in the motorsport world. I, I wish it was Jamie Chadwick. We we haven't had Jamie yet. Actually, we had we had. Um, I, I used to manage Jamie weirdly years ago. Yeah. I, yeah. Harry rolls his eyes. Every Everybody knows. Everyone knows. And, and Max Chilton. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Um, we've we have had um, W Series stars on the show though, and, um, and and people talk so fondly of it now because I think when it started, um, I don't know how you felt when it when it first came on the scene. But we've spoken to a lot of female drivers and female personalities that were around or in, are in or around motorsport. And when W Series first came out, a lot of them were like, "This is ridiculous!" You know, why are we putting together a platform to segregate women even further from um, a level playing field? And I don't think it was until that first season was underway that people really understood that it was all about increasing participation and increasing the numbers. Um, what did you think when you first heard about the series? Did you did you think straight away, yes, this is something I want to be involved with? Um, of course, I thought it was something I'd want to be involved in. Um, did I think it was necessary to, you know, divide us? Not really. But at the same time, you're looking at how they, it's, how they have it, you know, fully funded for everyone, which is, I think, the main point is yeah. you're getting people from all over the world, loads of different talents, and, you know, they don't have to worry about the funding. You're not getting people who have loads of money. You're getting people for just the talent. Yeah. And I think that is, you know, an amazing part of the, um, the series. A quick interruption of the show to remind you to check out our Season 5 podcast sponsors, Motus One, the event transportation company. Motus One is the industry leader in complex transportation management. From hospitality, talent, production crews, VIPs and artist transportation, Motus One's team have you covered. They've also just launched their leading edge cloud-based event transportation management system, Motus Ride. Now you can manage your entire event transport program digitally, making bookings, allocate rides, create approval processes, see reports, track costs, and loads more. Head over to motusone.com and hear how they can support your event transportation needs. And the opportunity right now as well to be supporting Formula One is insane on a national free-to-air channel. It's amazing actually what they've achieved, considering they've only had one season because yeah. this one yeah. got cancelled, didn't it? So um, yeah. that's that is exciting. But so take us through your your career today. What have been some of your your main highlights that you look back on? Um, good few years now, so we're going to yeah. <laughs> um, world finals in Le Mans. I think would be nice. Big second song. It was a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, just traveling, really getting to see different parts of the world, meeting different people. Um, and then I think looking forward to a single series is going to be the next step as well. Mm, now, of course, what, what comes with a lot of the, the highs are obviously a lot of the lows. And as a, a racing driver, you have to prepare yourself mentally for that as well. How do you deal with, you know, all the wins, but also the losses? Yeah, well, you don't want to be a sore loser, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, this is a kind of sport, it's, it's unforgiving, really. You know, there's more bad days than there is good. But when it comes to the good days, it makes all the bad days worth it, really. Mm. Um, and then when, you know, you have a bad day, you kind of 
know, the head is a bit down, but you have to get out of the carriage, you have to go over it, you have to congratulate the winner. And then you have to go back to the awning, have your little bit of a tantrum or whatever, <laughs> if things haven't went your way. But at the same time, you need to learn from those mistakes. And it's it has taken me a few years to realise that and grow that mentality. But I have grown up to realise I need to learn from my mistakes and just look forward to the next race and hope it turns out better. And, and you're obviously putting in the hard work. Um, we understand that you've been training with an Olympian. So, um, That's a bit intense. It's really intense. I found, intense. I found Joe Wicks's PE tough. I don't know if I could do, I don't know if I could do that. And couch to 5K. I mean, that's about my, that's my limit. So uh, tell us about that and, and who you're training with. And, and um, it must be pretty hard work. Yeah, I've been blessed with Nikki Daly, who is my, oh, she's just, she's basically my life coach, not just training coach. She's our life coach. She's my right-hand woman. Um, yeah, it's tough. I actually, I'm a, yesterday was my first day back with training since Christmas, which was Ooh, a tough I bet one. that was, yeah. Yeah, I, had, I hadn't been running, I think, a month before Christmas. I had injured my knee, so I was back. But I was back on my track. I hadn't fallen back at all, which Nikki was delighted to hear. I was on a call with her yesterday. She was very happy. Um, yeah, throughout the whole year, she's... She's, you know, very hard, you know, not hard like on me, but, you know, she pushes me and it's amazing. Um, I think this year, sadly, I won't be, you know, with her as much. She's going to be very busy this year with hockey because um, that's where she she's working to go to the Olympics in hockey. Um, but she, I think the best part about Nikki is the love that she has for motorsports. Um, her uncle and her father were amazing drivers, um, which I think she um, she has grown with me in the racing um, platform, really. So she gets it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's nice yeah. to have that support. I think it's so important to have good people around you, and um, you know, with the likes of Naomi who you're working with, and it's it's so. The people that are around you will make such a difference to you. And actually, I remember we had Esteban Gutierrez on, who obviously you know made it to Formula One and had a, has a lot of backing and got there. But he said he had the completely he had no team. He didn't have he had all the wrong people around him, and that really affected his career. Yeah. He said, you know, with, without that, you know, I let a Formula One drive slip slip between my fingers, and he yeah. just didn't feel like he was mentally capable of dealing with everything he had so it, it does t highlight the importance of having such a good team around you and building that from a young age which you clearly are yeah um i had had personal trainers before this but they were from you know a different kind of world whereas nikki has this great understanding for what mm. i need to work on and what needs to be done now tell us about your involvement with go girls do you know what this is another thing that covid has gotten in the way of sadly is Last year and the start of this year, I was supposed to um, give Nikki a hand with this um, really good uh, program she's put together for girls, which is she's taking girls from schools and introducing introducing them to this different side of sports that they, if they haven't grown up in a motorsports family, would have never been introduced to. So it's basically going through you know, the technical side of racing, if you would like to be an engineer or the driving side, um, 
which I didn't I didn't need when I was younger, but also wasn't available for the likes of my friends who wouldn't have an understanding. Um, so I think it's a great initiative to have for people who haven't been introduced to the sport properly and don't understand, you know, it is possible for a girl to be involved in this kind of sport and it's not far-fetched at all. I mean, that sounds incredible. <laughs> incredible yeah. thing to be involved. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 you just seem like you've got all, all the right things going on and it is a shame about this COVID that, you know, we're, we're, uh, everyone's sort of seemingly been scuppered by it. Um, in, in your very short career so far, though, you know, we touched on it earlier how... You've got to you've got to hide the tantrums. You can't you can't get a you know you can't be the sore loser. Yeah. I mean, is there anything you would have done differently so far? Would you go back if someone gave you a chance to just go back and do you want to just redo that? I think the start of my year or start of the years I've been racing had confidence and aggression. I feel in the middle of my career there was um, um, a time where I felt I was very looked down on as a driver, um, which you know drew my confidence level to the ground and I didn't have the aggression because um, I felt out of place uh, but I think if I could go back I just want someone to you know give me a kick and be like come on mm. you need to come yeah. get going yeah. yeah why do you feel like you were looked down on I think just because there wasn't there was two female drivers and you know <laughs> the lads were being grown up to be like oh you got to beat the girls but more in a way that you know, if the lads came in and a girl had beaten them, they'd, you know, get a bit of a slagging. And so, they hated that. Yeah. Do you think that there still is... Because, we again, I use Formula 1 as an example, but obviously we have W Series. They, they, they put out these these big messages, you know, we race as one and, and or the like. Do you think there is, is still a, quite a, a big problem with the gender divide at, at, at grassroots level? It's hard to tell. It yeah. kind of depends who you're talking to, really. I know... I'm kind of going back ages now. Um, but when I started racing, I didn't see the divide. You know, I was too young. I didn't see the problem. Not a problem, but I didn't see why there was a difference. Mm. And then as I grew up and things got more competitive, I seen that people did have a divide. You know, there was girl drivers who, you know, shouldn't be doing as good as male drivers. Mm. But... I then had to kind of prove to myself and then prove to others, which, you know, shouldn't be the case, but it was, and made me a lot stronger, which was having to prove to them, you know, I'm not here as a female driver. I'm not here to just be the best female driver. I'm here to be the best driver. Yeah. I'm trying to be yeah. Yeah. everyone, not just the girls. Yeah. Um, and recently, in the past few years, I have been seen as competition not you know just the girl in the back markers you know I am the competition yeah and I think that you know is a big thing really yeah hugely exciting now who's your well have you had a racing hero um or idol as you've been growing up through the sport who, who do you look up to um are you thinking about driver now or in general? It could be could in be general. Anything. Yeah, it could be anything. In general. Um, I think a racing hero I'd have, you know, throughout my whole career is Nikki Daly. Oh. You know, yeah, I only know her a few years, two years. 
before that was my dad. Obviously looked up massively to him and all the help that he's given to me. But Nikki's been a saviour in the past year. So, you know, she's there through thick and thin, has pushed me, has has shown, you know, she's an amazing sportswoman and has so much confidence in me, which, you know, makes me think, you know, someone sees something in me. Yeah, absolutely. It, it sounds great. You're putting all the building blocks in place. It's, it's yeah, tremendously it's exciting. Um, tell us, right, you're a very quick racing driver. You've obviously got your head screwed on. You've got good people around you. What are you completely rubbish at? So, as I said, I have moved house um, and I'm actually rubbish at painting walls. Oh, I'm with you. Totally with yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, which is ironic because I actually have a dab hand in art. I'm good at the L painting and drawing, but when it came to painting walls, I hadn't a clue. I was. <laughs> painting walls, that's a first, I think. That's a first yeah. for us on the show. Well, that's always a, a, an intriguing one. To, is it actual technique or is it just you can't be bothered? <laughs> no, no. Like, I, <laughs> the whole house had to be painted and I didn't mind doing that. I did the outlines. Um, I, you know, I did a, <laughs> I helped. I'll do the but, board, uh, you can yeah. fill it in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My mom's very particular on how the walls were looking. So it was, uh, if you're not doing it right, don't do it at all, kind of way. <laughs> and I tried, but it wasn't up to the standards. So apparently, no, I am not good at painting walls. <laughs> well, let's flip that on its head. Out, outside of racing, have you got any other any, any other talents that uh, people might not know about? Yeah, yeah, Ooh. I think I do. Intriguing. I I do. do tell. Um, I will. I will. <laughs> there, I I've quit now, but. Few years ago, I actually started karate. Ooh. Oh, what level did you get up to? Brown belt. That sounds impressive. I would, I would pretend to know what I am. Uh, how how high is that? It could be the first one. Pretty high. Isn't surely a brown belt is just behind a black belt? Is that is that how it works? There is actually. I, I was doing a different kind of karate. I was doing kempo, so there's actually a few levels above um, a brown belt, which is kind of like black and white, black and red, right. and then black. And then it was like wow. But I quit. I quit because. It actually had to do with racing. I love the competition side, like the fighting, the sparring. But every time there was a competition, there was a race meeting. Right. But um, my first year, I actually got to go to Portugal and I won two gold medals for wow. fighting. Amazing. So, wow. So if you, that is too bad. That is a talent. <laughs> so it, yeah, in the so world if, finals, I was very happy. So if someone does beat you in your race, you can just take them down. You can just go and chuck them over your shoulder and... <laughs> Don't don't get on the wrong side of Alex Kobe, no. that's for yeah, sure. Basically. No, <laughs> would never, never hear any. Um, now, uh, thoughts on Lando Norris. Sorry, I mean, um, your favourite current driver. <laughs> you did that on purpose. Not at all. <laughs> do you have do you have a favourite drive? You know, are you an active Formula One watcher? Do you watch it at the weekends or are you quite just focused on your own racing career? No, I do enjoy a bit of F1 watching. Oh, good. I'm a good spectator. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as you've said, Lando Norris catches my eye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for his on track My, my mom might obviously. argue. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely. Yeah. But my mom might, might argue that I fancy him. I <laughs> might not. Um, but no, I think it's personality wise. I think um, he has a great personality yeah. for the sport. Yeah. Mm. I know as I was younger, you know, I kind of seen they were kind of scary F1 drivers. They seemed really serious. But recently, you know, the young drivers like Lando has actually come onto social media and has just kind of, you see the funny side of 
the uh, drivers then, which I think is, you know, a big part. You, you see the personality wise. Um, so, yeah, I think. They've helped the sport so much. Lando, George yeah. Russell, uh, Charles Leclerc, all of that, you know, all of them. Alex Albon being on, you know, Twitch yeah. and doing all the it's esports. The, uh, helped. I think they, they've helped Formula One so much. 100%. It's, yeah. the, it's the Twitch. They made it a big platform, really. It's the Twitch quartet, isn't it? Um, of those four that you mentioned, mm-hmm. Harry. I, they, I read an article that uh, Nicky Latifi was feeling a bit jealous because he wasn't part of the, the four, even though he's really active on Twitch. So he's trying to, <laughs> he's trying to worm his way in there. Um, but uh, no, I, 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 I agree with you. It's it's nice to have that that personality, and as you as you rightly say, I think historically drivers have not hidden behind their visors, but it's been very much um, hidden in the paddock, you know, uh, tucked away in the garage, very serious. And it's it's great to see some personalities like Lando come through, and even the, the, some of the older guys that like Daniel Ricciardo. You know, at least he enjoys what he's doing and has a smile on his face. I think it's great for the sport. So um, every, every now and again, um, Harry and I like to go very highbrow with our questioning. And and this is one such example. So if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? God, this is, this is a hard question. My mum is a baker. She's an amazing Ooh. cook. So there is loads of dishes. No, but you can only um, have one. Yeah, I, I know I'm thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's thinking, Tim. Give her thinking. a bit of space. Come on. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Do you know what? Every Christmas, not this Christmas, sadly, um, my mum makes this plum frangipan, and Ooh, it is yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That sounds good. Um, yeah, I think. I don't, like, recently, I haven't had a big sweet tooth, but this, this, you know, hands up, my favourite. Well, I, I wouldn't be able to answer that question. Well, you, you could take that, but then you're not going to fit in a, in a in a Formula One car because by the time True. you get there, you'll be about thirty five stone. So you know, it's it's a it's okay, a, okay, salads, salads. There we are. <laughs> there we are. There we are. We're just going to do a little pretty lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we have a final three, um, Alex, that we ask all our um, interviewees. Um, Harry, do you want to kick things off? Yes, Alex. So what has got you excited at this very moment in time? Can be anything. Ooh, excited. Um, I think working with Navigate, Chris and Naomi, they have brought so much to the table that I didn't think would ever happen. So, yeah, they have exciting things coming, hopefully, which has me over the moon. Awesome. Uh, definitely right. hat tip to those yeah. guys. Um, another highbrow question for you um, that uh, I, I'm, I hope you've prepared for. Here we go. If you could be an animal, what would you be and why? Okay, this, there's a, okay uh, straight off the bat, apparently, not, I'm not going to pick, but apparently a fish. A fish? <laughs> a fish. So when I was three, three or four, my auntie brought me to the shops and this is the only story I've heard. Like, I think I went on for ages about this. Some woman caught my eye because I was, I was only young. And I, was, I was cute. And she was like, what's your name? And I was like, Fish. And she was like, what? And I was like, Fish Covey. And my auntie was like, no, 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 tell her your real name. So I made an embarrassment out of my family that was there. And I was like, my name is Fish Covey. Don't ask me where it came from. Weird. I don't know. So, but over the years, it has come up loads of times. <laughs> my name was Fish, and that was the end of the story. 
So you would be a fish. I mean, maybe, wow. maybe you were a fish in a past <laughs> life. You know, who knows? But that, I, I like the answer. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, fine with maybe. that. That's, that's good. And, and fish are... Bit of a random you, one. If you could, I could have been that person and you could have told me that and I, you would, you, all you could have said is, oh, it's, it's an Irish name and I would have just gone with yeah. it. I would have been too scared to say anything. I've just gone with it. Yeah. Um, but final question for you, Alex. Uh, what are you scared of? Um, I think... Ooh. I never really think about this one. Never really moving forward with my racing career, I think. Yeah. I don't think... I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to see, you know, what happens if I don't make a career out of my racing. Yeah. But alongside that, like a, like a, a proper fear being left in the middle of the ocean. Oh, great really? proper fear of the ocean, great which one. is ironic because I want to be a fish, but... <laughs> <laughs> a fish uh, yeah. that's deathly afraid of the ocean. <laughs> the idea of, you know, it's a long way down. You don't know how long you're going well, to be think, going down. It's like 70% unexplored, isn't it, the ocean? Yeah. I wouldn't want to... Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it we don't yeah. know about, and I think uh, I think I think that's a feasible one to be scared of. Yeah. Um, but... Alex Kobe, thank you so much for coming on to the Motormouth Podcast. It's been absolutely great to get to know you and you've, you've already had a stellar career so far and you're so young and, and the rate of growth is really clear to see. You've got an amazing team around you um, and big goals as well, which I have no doubt you will achieve as well. So we can't wait to, to follow your progress as well and hopefully we'll get to speak to you further down the line and, and see what you, what you get up to and achieve once this sort of craziness of COVID has, has uh, seen uh, well, gotten out of the way. So, Alex Kobe, thank you so much for coming on to the Boats Mouth Podcast. Thank you so much. It's been an honour. Before you hop off, one final reminder to check out the guys and girls at Motors One, your new transportation solution for minor, mega and signature events anywhere in the world. Motors One simplifies the complex process of event transportation and provides clients with unrivaled service and support to ensure your event's transportation needs are fulfilled. Check them out today at motorsone.com and if you tell them you found them through the Motormouth podcast, you'll get up to 20% off your first booking. Now, doesn't that sound good? Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth Podcast.